0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Razz and Grand Cossier and Enjoy podcast. Yeah, so not got a jingle yet, so I thought I'd just throw that one out there, and um, yeah, I'm not keen. Um, So yeah, this week's episode number nine. Um, On this show, we've got myself, Jake Barber, and George Edwards sort of giving a race recap of Spartan St. Clair, which happened last weekend both had very different experiences, one good, one bad. Uh, so pretty good recap, to sort of see what, uh, you know, what, how each of us uh, went into that event, um, what we've done differently and how that affected our performance. That's pretty cool. Um, we've also got a little um, recap of, sorry, not a recap, but sort of a bit of an information, uh, delve into how we best train for different OCR events. So in terms of the sprint event, the super event and a beast event, Uh, what sort of we do differently when training for each event uh, and things like that and we also touch on how to sort of train for a half marathon because Aaron Self uh, done a pretty impressive uh, time across an 800 metre half marathon as well so yeah on this week's show you've got myself George Edwards, Aaron Self and Graham Roberts John Chambers was there at the start but he had to pop out so there there you go Um, but as always guys please 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 leave us a review uh, like us, share us across all the uh communities which you think will appreciate the podcast as you know we you know we do this out of love we do it just to sort of get some information out there there's a lot of bullshit out there um obviously it's only our opinion on how to train and how to do stuff uh and there's plenty of ways to skin a cat as they say but you know the more information out there the better so make sure you like it share it um yeah and enjoy the podcast uh and yeah sweet peace
1: what a way to start the podcast! With <laughs> Is that low? Is that no, low? Is that... You know, we, we, we're going to start at a certain point and we're going to record this now. So, welcome everyone to this week's <laughs> podcast of the Rising Drawing Truth. This week we've got George, Aaron, Jake, John, and, and myself, Graham, on the call. So, Aaron, what's been going on of late?
2: Like... Yeah, um, not too much. I've had probably two to three weeks of um, relatively low volume. Um, only between about two and four hours for the last two to two three weeks per week. Uh, I've got a holiday coming up um, in three weeks' time, so I'm really going to put in some pretty high volume this week, next week, and one-third week. So um, in three weeks when I go on my holiday, I can uh, have a real deload week. So that's what's been going on with me.
1: Nice, nice, nice. John? While well, you are only with us for a short time, why don't you tell people what you've been up to?
2: Not really a lot. I think I've developed... Uh, oh, what's it called? Below 30, the knee.
1: 30 knees. 30 knee, it's called.
2: Yeah, just crap knees from the ultra. I didn't really, I think, allow myself to rest long enough to recover from that. So, um, yeah, so not really done that much. I've just chilled out, done three
3: runs and just rolled the hell out of my legs.
2: You
3: know, so. Nice. It's kind of crazy,
0: just feeling beaten up still. Cool.
3: Well,
1: we're sure you'll be fixing that soon, and we'll talk about recovery in the future. Jake, tell us what's been happening with you lately, sunshine.
0: Um, so I basically had a very humbling experience over the weekend. Uh, humbling to put it, it the best way. Well, was, of that by, it?
1: was that buying the travel system for the, 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 the arrival baby? <laughs> Because that, that all over, all over the world.
0: That was one of them. She's definitely looking for a cram at the minute. So, <laughs> I'm just going, is this one? Is it this one? and I'm like, look, they're all the fucking same. Like, I'm not doing funny. Don't just between that one. And that one it was an extra three hundred quid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we're sort of decided on that. Um, no, but I was racing this weekend. Uh, so was George. Um, but I took part in the St Clair Super. Um, and it didn't go to plan at all um, everything leading up to the race went well so in terms of race prep, in terms of nutrition, uh, in terms of I tapered fairly well, um, although I did have a holiday sort of a week before which probably didn't help because I sort of I was almost too relaxed and then I was sort of trying to taper the next week with a bit of volume uh, because I was probably I need a bit of high intensity um, going into it. But, yeah, so I went out. I wasn't really feeling it mentally um, the evening before, even the morning of. I sort of got a bit of a buzz on the start line. um, And the race went well for the first sort of couple the K, but then sort of about 3K in. um, I sort of just had a bit of a a mental block, a mental lapse. um, And it was more... It was more not to do with my fitness physically, um, but more mentally. Uh, I think after sort of having a sort of two to three days now to think about, I think it's more the pressure that i put on myself at that race. Um, and just because I've put in such a big amount of volume over the off season, coming into that race, I put way too much pressure on myself. Um And it just sort of, it just come to bows after about 3K. And I just could not get, I couldn't get out of my head. So in my head I was thinking, one, I didn't want to be there. Second thing was I was, for some reason, doubting my capabilities. So I was just going like, you know, why are you here? Should you be here? Uh, Things like that. And then usually I'm quite good mentally. So usually I'm just like, I just brush that to the side, you know. We've always got the good the good guy on one shoulder and the bad guy on on the other shoulder. And during events, nine times out of 10, it's the bad guy talking to you. He's going to you, yeah, you don't want to be doing this, mate. (laughs) This is a really shit idea. (laughs) Um, But for some reason, which is really unlike me, I just could not fucking shut that guy up. He was just like nibbling away at the back of my head going, you fucking shit. Stop running. But um, so yeah, just fucking went to blows, and it I, it literally threw me for six. Like I, I was like my breathing went, like my eyes were welling up. Like I had tears in my eyes. Like I was fucked. I was really like mentally drained. Jeez. But you didn't, um, you didn't go out
2: too like hard though to like accentuate that. It was just just like that was the mental thought throughout
0: the whole race was it not really like the first couple of k obviously my heart rate elevated and that's what i was saying i think a contribution to it was leading up to the race when my heart rate probably like i had a week off in more so my heart rate had gone so low then probably yeah. the week leading up i had a bit of intensity but not a massive amount like i had an interval <laughs> session but like half it to what i do do um so, yeah, I think there's it, it, a little bit of contribution to it. I think my body was a bit in shock, like, fucking hell, your heart rate's up here again. What's, what's this? It hasn't been like this for a couple of weeks. What's going on? Um, and then the other thing is just pressure. You know, i have got baby on the way. You know, you put pressure on yourself for these races, pre-season, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, but also in hindsight, looking back, I never done well at that event last year either like I had an absolute shit event there last year so it's a bit of an odd course though isn't it because you
2: like have to go over the bridge Is it yeah. over the bridge into the into the forest
0: it. area to get into to a, a really tight trail so straight away you' sort of wherever you've got in the pack you're there for like probably a good 2k until you're out of that really tight trail and then it sort of opens up to a field and it goes down and Uh, it it went back into another trail section which it didn't do last year Um, but yeah and there's a few hills and stuff like that but by that point my my head game was gone so all I was thinking in my head it was quite good that Graham was there because I was actually thinking I know Graham's at the finish line so I'm just going to get to the finish line and have a word with him (laughs) literally that's what I was thinking it almost sort of got me out of uh, out of the cave but I did honestly I'd like it's the first time in a race I've ever thought like I'm just gonna do it like DNF. Like I was that close to DNFing. like so close, but you know.
1: All right, well, we'll do it. We'll do a proper podcast on pressure and all the <laughs> things we've done all in the past because I think we could go on for quite a while about that, <laughs> don't yeah. you reckon? Oh, but, really. You know,
0: it's, it's life, isn't it? Life's full of ups and downs, and you, sometimes you need to get beaten down to appreciate what it's like to be. You know, on top form. Yeah,
1: for corner, real. So. Sure, definitely. That's one so. of them. Cool, man.
0: Yeah, but how, George's George's race was completely different. It had a bit of a better experience
1: than me. Just because <laughs> <laughs> you ran half the distance.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't really compare the two, but yeah, it was. Uh, that was a good race. I was. I, I went from like my pre-race was a little bit different than yours, Jake. It was manic with like getting enough sleep and getting enough food. And I kind of woke up in a bit and a huff because I meant to go up at 5.30 and I ended up getting up at 6. Two <laughs> hours before I'm due to go off on a gun, I've still got to drive down there 40 minutes. And so uh, everything was a bit hurried as usual. And I just thought, you know, I sat down in the loo and I was like, do I fucking want to go and do one of these races again? And then I was just like, get in the car and just go and have a run. So I had to reframe it. I had to completely... Like, release the pressure and the tension because, yeah, I do, I, I do, you know, like yourself, put pressure on my performance to do well at these, you know, sprint races because of all the hard work that's gone in. But, um, yeah, once I got there, I like, had a little warm up, dropped my bag, and I was just like, right, let's just go and have a run and see what happens. I just didn't, I didn't really, I tried not to think. And it was a pretty quick start, obviously, in the sprint. Um, And I just kind of like stayed at the, you know, I was pretty like middle or towards the back of the pack, actually, after like two, three K. And then we got into that you know, field where all the obstacles are. And I just started just ghosting past people. And that was the name of the game, really, just like run my own race. And, you know, I was sort of, I went past um, Alpha, the young lad. He's like 17, really, really strong runner. Following him for a bit, I was like, Jesus, this kid's moving. And then came to an obstacle, when I was like, yeah, okay, I'm still still a bit stronger than him here. And then I caught up with Ben Comery, and, yeah, kid, he was almost messing with me because I'd overtake him by, like, five metres, and he'd sort of, like, sprint past me. (laughs) And then I'd be like, okay. And then I'd go past him again, and he'd sort of catch me up. And then we got to, like, I think it was the balance beam. And he was dithering about on that. And I just sort of ran, I sprinted over the balance beam. And then we ran up to the hercoist, and then that's where I left him. So, um, and then from there, there was all the, that like, was all the strength. I think it was like sandbag and bucket carry. So I you know, managed to like get into that position. And then I could sort of see Luke and Scott at the top of this hill. And I was like, right. Okay. So time to dig. So I kind of knew we were on our way back to the village. But, um, you know, I couldn't, my heart rate was, it was up there. So it was just about hanging on until we got the other side of the bridge again. And then, um, yeah, spear throw nailed that and over the line. So it was it was a clean run, but I didn't really put any pressure on it until I kind of started thinking about basically what's behind me, just stay out of their sight. I'd never really thought about if it was possible to catch third place. Hmm. So I, yeah, basically it was like, just get in the woods and hide from fifth and sixth. Because I knew there was a big pack chasing. So I was playing these like silly games. And I was just like, okay, just don't stop here. Just keep going. Get around this corner and then have a breather. Then get out of the next corner. But uh, yeah, just felt, felt good. But now, upon crossing the line, I realised how close I was to third. And was actually more <laughs> pissed off about not getting on the podium. <laughs> and, so... Yeah, I was a bit like... Shit! Is that how close I was? I shouldn't have, should have pushed harder. I should have just like you know should have just found something. And you know, obviously at the time though, your, your heart rate's out of your mouth, and yeah, you, you, you've got all these uh, signals going off telling you to slow down and stop. So it's obviously a lot harder. But I think um, that is my preferred distance. I get further behind these boys the longer the longer we go. So there you go.
0: I think the sprint's actually. I always find it the most fun. Like I always, whenever I finish a sprint, I'm always like buzzing. I'm always like, yes. Yeah. It's such a good race. Whereas super, it's always, I'm always, if you have a good race or a bad race, beast, if you have a super good race or a bad sprint, it's like wherever you come, because you're such high intensity, you know you gave it everything for that short duration. It's sort of, I don't know, yeah. you buzz out of it, I think.
3: I think the, I think the beasts are really, like uh, if I was training for a beast now, I'd be like, right, yeah, for the for the sprints, I was doing one k intervals and then an obstacle, one k intervals and then two yeah. obstacles, one k interval, three obstacles, and I've been sort of doing ladder workouts like that. If I was yeah. doing a beast workout, I would probably do three k intervals. <laughs> yeah, you need to do
0: tempos really, like a tempo yeah. run, then obstacle tempo run.
3: But I mean, if you start training for the beast at race pace, I mean, people in your gym are going to think you've lost the plot because, you know, <laughs> you're going to be there for three hours, first of all. <laughs> and there'll be like a pool of sweat on the floor. And there are just you making all kinds of noises rolling around. Yeah. So, but there you go. No, right. um, I, I think it was due a good race. I had a couple of dodgy ones. So, there you go.
2: So, what was what was the main difference, George, between your prep for the marathon which was only, what, two, two, three weeks ago? And then now this race, because, I mean, they're totally...
3: um, totally, Yeah, you're right. It's a good question.
2: Totally different, like, ends of the spectrum. You've know, you got a road marathon versus, like, a a sort of a 5 to 8K OCR sprint. So just take Mm -hmm. us through how you you quickly changed over your your training methods there.
3: Yeah, so obviously after Paris, I, I instantly, like, took the long run out of my training program on the Sunday And I started doing more like strongman type training, which I guess is a little bit more anaerobic. So I was just carrying heavy, awkward things from like, you know, 50 meters to 200 meters. And then I was on the treadmill or I was running on the road, whatever I could do. Um, So it's just a lot of intervals basically at at threshold, like Jake says. And yeah, then just basically kind of allow myself to recover from the marathon just so I didn't, you know, I said no harsh, Harsh miles on the road, a little bit more trail running to get used to that again, and um, yeah, got a bit more skill specific back on the rings at, at the gym and, and back on the um, back on the bars, just making sure the grip was fine and all that, but making sure I could do it with a high high heart rate. Mm. What, um, what it, but
1: what is on. it that gave you the confidence, George, that that's the right way to go to to, to transition between
3: the two? Um, so basically I've been, I've tried everything, you know, I've tried all different types of ways to hack like Spartan races for based on like my age, the time I can commit to it, you know, and all the stuff that's going on at home and stuff. So there's only a certain amount of hours I can commit to training. And a lot of people go down the high volume training, like kind of attack their strength in stages. And then they'll attack their running in stages. Um, I knew that I had to get faster at running. But I knew in a in a in a short sprint race like that, it's more about your power, you know, yeah. than your speed. Because yeah. you need strength on the obstacles and you need it you need to keep your speed, but it's only for six K. So that's doable. So I basically everyone was, you know, moaning about how heavy the bucket carry was and how heavy the sandbags were and lower backs and people not being able to move. And because I've done all the lifting, I was just like, that's not a problem. And because of all, I've had the miles built up from the marathon, 6K was like, this is great. This is, <laughs> this is 40 minutes of suffering. That's absolutely fine. I've just done three and a half hours of suffering at threshold or, you know, there and thereabouts. So I kind of thought going in that would work well. And, you know, a few people questioned me, but I kind of knew that it was the right the right way to approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so, funny, just, yeah.
0: it's funny, that because, like, from what I see as well just from people how they train and things like that just my perspective on it is that some people go like two ways you either have like one guy who seems to run too much um, and then when it comes to something like the bucket carry sandbag carry that's where they really struggle or you have like the other side where people spend too much time in the gym and there's too much time doing sort of like hypertrophy stuff and stuff like that. It's yeah. not really going to help them in the long game. You know, if yeah. once your strength is at a certain level, especially over winter season, you probably can drop that down to probably two days a week. And probably like do the rest can be like specific, like you said, um, or something running, yeah. something like that.
3: Obstacle course racing, like the series, like toughest and Spartan race, their skills. So mm. they're not about. Uh, they're not pure endurance sports. So, I mean, you have to have endurance, but you have to have you know, the power and you need speed and you need conditioning in your legs for the hills. So you need like a medley of things. And mm-hmm. if you're not training like on off on off, then whatever you do is going to be a shock to your system on race day. So, you know, I mean, if you want to get on the rower, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with rowing but it's not the same as running. So you can, should use the rower or the bike when your legs and your joints you know, need a rest. That's a good way to you know, to keep the conditioning going. But you know in a the Spartan there's a carry. You know it's probably going to be up a hill. So get the incline going on the treadmill and carry something. I mean, you're going to look like a twat. There's no two ways about it, but you've got to trust the process. You're
0: going to look like a twat or get kicked out of the gym. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, it depends what gym you go to, but my gym's all right with that sort of stuff. But I frequently carry sandbags, like, you know, on my chest and stomach and just walk up with a steep incline. And people look at me like I'm a loser, but I kind of, you know, I don't really care. I haven't got time to entertain anyone else's bullshit theory. I know what works and I'm sort of proving it, so it doesn't matter.
2: Well, it all comes down to race really specificity.
0: That's that word, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we got it there. That
2: you know
1: yeah. was that Swedish or English? I can't. Tell oh, I, I don't know what that was. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. and it, I mean you know, and if, we're training for OCR, so that's what you got to do, you know. And there's even differences between between OCR races. You, you know, you've got you mentioned um, toughest and and Spartan race. I mean, Spartan race there's a lot of a lot of carries, usually uphill in toughest. There's mm-hmm. way more grip stuff involved. Yeah, way more on, yeah. on on flatter stuff. So you've yeah. got to train what exactly you know um, is going to be in your race. And I think a great example of that yeah. is Ryan Atkins. He trains exactly what he knows is going to be on the course, like yeah. vigilantly. Mm. Um, and yeah. that's that's how he comes away with the wins all the time. Yeah. Um, so, moving on to to Jake, like you did the super the day before, which is obviously uh, for those that don't know, it's uh, between twelve and fifteen k. Um,
3: yeah, it's obviously
1: eight miles now. Eight so miles. Defined the, dif- defined the distance this year. So
3: eight miles. It's an awkward, It's definitely an awkward distance to pace for. It is with the hills as well. It's you know, <laughs> you know, it's a specialist event. Yeah. So this was your first first event for the year, Jake. So take through what
2: you've been going through winter training and um how you've been working that out.
0: So in terms of winter training, I've been but, um, you know, just nailing down the running more than anything and strength training. So a lot of volume on the running, um maybe less intensity. Um and then sort of in terms of strength, I've done a lot of strength stuff. You know, five by five stuff like that. But then also bringing it down recently, doing a bit more power stuff, a bit of plyometrics and stuff like that. um And then also some farmers carries, you know, carries like that. But in terms of coming up to the race, that's where I, I think on this one in particular didn't go 100% to plan, just because of things such as I had a holiday too, early, so the intensity was down. Generally, running into a race, I'll probably have sort of—I'd say I'd have about three weeks specific, specificity. Can we say it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even if I can say, it either, but I'd have like three weeks specific training. So it'd be like running. Uh, so it'd be like a you know like a tempo run or a run at half marathon pace, then a bucket carry for x amount of distance, then back into the pace. So working on the transitions. Um so I know sort of four weeks, maybe five weeks ago, I was doing sort of a sandbag thing, which was like um what was it? It Sort of eight hundred meter run, four hundred meter sandbag carry, eight hundred meter run, four hundred meter sandbag carry, like a few sets of that. Um just sort of working on the transitions, working on the heart rate. However, I probably done it a little bit too um late uh running up to the event. So by the time I got to the, the event, I was too I was too chilled out by like my heart rate due to the holiday due to the taper. It was too low. Yeah, you lonely. need the right amount of fatigue. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. as soon as I went into the event, I think that was a contributor to the three after about three K my heart rate was up because it was almost doing like a, you know, fresh cold sort of tempo type, uh, run. So, um, my heart was sort of like going, wait a minute. What does this feel like? We ain't done this in a few <laughs> weeks. Um, So it is about that. You've got to be specific. You've got to be, you've got to tailor to your event. So I was doing less. uh, So look at George. He was doing sort of sprints and things like that. I was doing more intervals, um, just running, and then more carries, like longer that were more like tempo. So a tempo carry with a big run and a um, a big run and a carry. So it's more longer duration. Whereas uh, obviously George was doing a lot shorter duration which obviously helps him out for his event. And then if you go in something like a beast, then like George said, you almost have to make it longer. You probably have to put a bit more effort into the running because your running's going to come to play more on something like a beast than it is, although you need it in the sprint. But if you can throw down a decent 5K, your running's is there or thereabouts, and you need to work on those transitions between the obstacles more than anything and getting that heart rate up and down, up and down, and transitioning between like, well, you're going to be pretty anaerobic the whole time, but you know, you've got to sort of mm. switch it up. Yeah. And I think, I think me and uh, Jules said the other day, which was sort of a, a fair comment, which is like even though the sprint is only 6k, you almost got to liken it to a 10k event because it's so long with the obstacles, and then because the super, although it's only 12, 13k it's pretty much the equivalent to a half marathon. By the time you've spent that time out on course, you're yeah. looking like an hour and 25, hour 30, you know,
3: the time. Yeah, our, the hour 19 on it on Saturday. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a very good half marathon time.
0: Yeah. yeah. So well,
3: you're, you know.
0: you're looking at those sort of differences in, in events. How, how different would you train from a 10 K to a half marathon? Well, quite a lot. There'd probably be quite a lot more yeah. volume running in a half marathon than there would in a,
3: yeah
2: so would you turn your system then to to more time on feet and timing intervals as opposed to versus distance because you know that's that's quite a big training methodology like you can train okay well i'm going to do this interval um at, uh for two kilometers and then you know you'll have x amount of rest and then you'll repeat that maybe two or three times for a half marathon or would you then go okay well I'm gonna be more time on feet based, like I'll do ten minute intervals at this pace instead and I'll do that four or five times. Do you think that'll make a difference OCR wise versus road running wise?
0: Um it sort of depends, doesn't it? I think it depends depends on the I, event. I, oh.
3: Go on, George. I was just saying, like if you're let's say um let's say Jake's got another super coming up in one month and I would say he'd probably like his training, he would be much more adapted again because the whole day would be five weeks behind him. He could get a little bit more specific with the longer intervals. So he could do like two and three K intervals to obstacles and stuff like that. You would probably start ditching your longer run. Mm. You know, he doesn't need time on feet for a super for the beast and ultra I'd say, yeah, time on feet, but Jake's already, he's gone past that for that event, but he mm. needs more time. Uh, basically sub maximal thresholds. So you're talking like zone upper levels of zone four, early onset of zone five, but still busy. You know, can you still, you know, keep the pace that you need to keep in zone four and five, as opposed to just kind of like wheezing and climbing up a hill. So, mm. you know, you need to get in that zone, spend some time there mm. and, and yeah, you you just got to pay the man, as they say. You can't really cheat that. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, time on feet for a super. You, you, everyone on this podcast and those listening has probably got that that strength about them, a beast and an ultra. Yeah, you're going to have to go out and hit 15 mile, 16 mile, you know, 20 mile runs, and you, then you're going to have to adapt throughout the week with various zone zonal training or or, or how you're going to split it specifically but I think like I said Jake, the way I see Jake got it slightly off from the outside looking in without talking about internal factors, I'd say the holiday probably came at the wrong time if it had been 10 Wake days up. earlier or yeah exactly, you need the holiday after the race in, in one in one respect but I'd say if you had that race 10 days earlier um, you'd have been you know pretty ready because I know how hard you've been working, I know your times and you know you're you're a better runner than me, so i don't, i don't really you know i I would have expected somewhere like the top fifteen to eighteen we, we' you know looking at the results after but you know if you don't know how it's going to go on the day i mean that that's that is, that is what it is well uh,
2: well I did notice that you did take the uh Third place on the bucket carry Strava segment, so that's something to uh, <laughs> to to, to, be, uh, to be applauded anyway. If you had to yeah. raise all that that's all that heavy work being,
1: being carrying, uh, <laughs> it's been carrying, I need off to find out
3: that. if there's one for the sprint because it definitely was faster than that. I made it about five places.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be same, it'll be the same segment, George. So.
3: Oh, that's anno- that's <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm on Strava <laughs> I think there's a couple
1: of mental tricks in there as well that as you as you go from one race to the next and say you're planning that transition you've got to give yourself a couple of days to park and close down the previous race to allow yourself to look forwards to the next one I find a lot of people, if they're still thinking about the last one, whether it was successful or unsuccessful, and hang, anchoring onto that still, it doesn't help you at all transitioning to what you have to do to go forward. Yeah, you makes like sense. Four, four weeks. You know, four weeks is a great period of time to really focus on developing a trajectory specifically for that race. You can't change what's in the past. You can't do anything about it. You can just say, right, that's where I was. That's what happened. Thank you very much. Move on. This is what we need to go and excel out. And like you say, Jake, if you look at the specifics of that race ahead of you, is it hilly? Is it got more carries? Is it a toughest versus a Spartan and it's a different nature of the obstacles? And then start sculpting your training towards that. You're always working in service of setting yourself up for a good performance. You hope as well then you've not got another holiday. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's just going to piss on your chips every time. <laughs> 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 Yeah. So, yeah, that's funny. So yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, man. It sounds like you boys have had interesting weekends. So what would be the tips that you give people if they were planning from here for their next race?
3: What's get the distance?
1: The, yeah, what's the distance? Get get
0: specific. You know, like right. We said, so, get carried right in. so let's
1: make it, Let's make this nice and simple. We'll do George with a sprint. We'll do Jake with a super, and Aaron because he's a beast. We'll stick Aaron up at a half marathon.
3: <laughs> mm, um, clean, please, on a postcard, please. All right. I'll, I'll try and do it in under two minutes so that people can, like, you know, don't get bored of it. Um, basically, if you were training for a sprint, I would get some markers down. So I would basically find out uh, what your one kilometre time is and then what your five kilometre time is. And then from there, I would kind of find yourself running at, like, you know an RPE scale like seven, eight out of ten, so somewhere in the middle where you're comfortable. Um, so it shouldn't be your 5k pace, it shouldn't be your 1k pace, but kind of somewhere you like you can hold on to. And then I would basically build it like a ladder or intervals, so you run, then you go and do an, a specific obstacle that you know that's going to be in there. Don't underestimate crawling under barbed wire, that will definitely shock the shit out of you the first time you do it. So bear crawl to run that's a great workout by itself uh if you do five rounds of one kilometer run with 50 meter bear crawl you're going to know what's going on if you're doing it fast um so i would do that i would definitely put some carries in there again a threshold so you can maybe find out specifically how heavy it's going to be in spartan it probably won't be heavier than 30 kilos so if you can carry an object that weighs 30 kilos on your chest and then again, add that into your training so that you're carrying it at threshold, or you know, in your heart rates, like zone four. And again, that's going to replicate race situation. Make sure you can uh, do all the other um, all the other obstacles, so rope climb, um, and I guess it's pretty. I suppose the first time you see it, like the Z Wall, where you kind of have to like grip this. You know, what are they? Bouldering blocks, aren't they? Really, or bricks? and just, you know, stay on a wall. So the first time that you come up against that, it's tricky, or if it's raining, then, you know, that you can come undone there. So make sure your grip is definitely uh, strong. But, um, yeah, I would um, train maybe three to four times per week. Um, your longer training sessions would be an hour to hour and 20 minutes. Your shorter sessions would be 15, 20 minutes. And on the week of the race, I would probably, if the race is on Saturday, I'd make my last workout short and sharp for about half an hour on Thursday. The day before, I would probably stretch and maybe a kilometer run if I felt aggy or, you know, like kind of like had an abundance of energy. But yeah, you don't really want to go hard the day before, but two days before is absolutely fine, especially for that sort of distance.
1: Cool. Sweet. So, yeah. So Jake. Super tough. So, oh, yeah.
0: Four. <laughs> For super, like I said previously, like one of the key sessions has got to be sort of a tempo run with something, whether it's carry or whether it's um, something like burpees or jumping lunges or something. So you want to do a tempo run followed by a carry, followed back, getting into that um, half marathon pace. So half marathon pace, carry, half marathon pace. Do that a few times, sort of four times, five times. Uh, Make sure you have a cool down and a, um, a warm up either side. So something like that's really good. Um you also want to work a little bit on your threshold stuff. So, again, I always like to do intervals, funny enough, leading up to a, a super. So I'll do like intervals. I do like a sort of carry threshold type session uh, on the Thursday, intervals on a Tuesday. And then on Sunday, it's sort of you can, either, you can get away with your long run, but I wouldn't go too mad on it. I'd cap it at sort of like less than, you probably get away with 90 minutes, something like that. Uh, And again, you could sort of, you could sort of mess around with that in terms of you could do, right, let's go, we're going to do 90 minutes, but every 10 minutes, I'm going to do 10 burpees, or every 15 minutes, I'm going to do, you know, just pick any body weight uh, exercise, something like jumping lunges, um, press ups, anything like that, just to change, switching between the energy systems, obviously, you're going easy, but then you want to up the heart rate and then back into easy, because that's basically what you're going to be doing in the super. You're going to be running sort of a kilometre, heart rate's going to jack, and then you're going to be running a kilometre, heart rate's going to jack. It's just going to keep doing that, so you almost want to emulate that. And then in terms of coming up more into the event, you know, have a race simulation. So three weeks before, two weeks before, you probably get away with a good race simulation. You could, You don't necessarily have to make it an hour and a half long. You can cap it an hour, but you want that hour to be, really tough you want to have carries in there you want to have
3: oh wow um, sorry to interrupt liverpool have just come back <laughs> barcelona sorry it's crazy Boom.
0: Boom. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah so you you want to make that hour really tough you know some hard efforts in the running some carries another hard effort running then some burpees another hard effort running um you know a tire carry you know literally you can make it up but how are you how you want. I sometimes will go out on the field with like a bucket, a sandbag and a tyre and I'll do like run a kilometre, come back, tyre carry, run a kilometre, come back, bucket. And that's something I haven't done leading up to this super, which I usually (laughs) do, leading up to the other ones.
3: Jake, um, do you always, do you always fatigue the muscle group you're, you know, you're going to have to use. So let's say if you've got some monkey bars or, you know, there's going to be a rig, do you always, like hammer the shoulders before?
0: Um, sort of, to an extent. It depends what I'm feeling in terms of, so you're going more sort of grip and stuff like that. Mm. For me, I'm fairly comfortable on a Spartan race. So for me, I, I know I can get away with just sort of throwing it in there every now and then. But someone who's mm. less confident on obstacles, then, yeah, it makes sense to do sort of like isometric holds, Um you know also some gripping also a lot of things that i have done in the past is sort of like get fatigued like get on the air bike absolutely fatigue yourself then go do a load of pull-ups um by dead hangs or something like that so you're hanging Yeah, makes something sense like that after yeah. Fatigue. so that's that's also helped um but in terms of structuring it yeah i, I usually go sort of something like intervals tuesday sort of specific tempos sort of thursday then a the longest type run and then one or two strength sessions in the week and you're, you're
3: there or thereabouts, I think. Yeah. And you're, um, when you had your VO2 max testing done and your blood lactate uh, results, mm. do you use that that information specifically for your training? Because obviously it's going to tell you when you start to develop lactic acid to a point where you can't clear it. So it's a good idea if you maybe start running mm. at those those intervals, however fast that is on the treadmill, or whatever pace that equates to, that's where you need to spend the most most time. Do you practice that in your training with your with your carries, with your grip stuff?
0: Uh, I usually do, yeah. I usually do in terms of my tempos and yeah. But recently, yeah. I uh, like I said, the intensity intensity's been a bit off. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But but usually I do, yeah. And then usually I also use a thing. As well as the um, VO2 max testing, I also use a bit of uh, the VDOT calculator um, by Jack Daniels. So you can put in there your recent um, 5K time and it will tell you Mm. pretty much there or thereabouts what your 1K interval should be. And generally, it sort of lines up with your heart rate, like bang on, I've always found as well. So that's always a good thing to use. However, living in Royston, there's plenty of fucking hills. So <laughs> you're trying to do an interval and it's saying, yeah, you've got to do an interval at four or a tempo run. Yeah. You've got to do it, say at four kilometer, four minute kilometer. And you, you're going up and down hills. Like it's a bit different. So that's where I would lean more on the heart rate. Because yeah. you can sort of say, right, I need to be in zone four. As long as I'm in zone four, whatever pace I'm doing, it doesn't really matter. So you can be a bit smart with it. So Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think we've touched on this before, but we all use some form of like heart rate monitoring systems and people that aren't using that, they're trying to get fitter, whether it be CrossFit, HIIT training, whatever, whatever. I I think they're going in blind. I think if you can get the, the, the raw data, like you have Jake, like your VO2 max testing and your blood lactate. Mm-hmm and then you break it down, and then you you kind of see what your zones are specific to you, you you're, you're already at such an advantage, especially on an amateur playing field. I mean, in the professional industry, obviously, everyone would have this, have this data there. But as an amateur, you can get a test done, find out exactly where your weakest point is, and then you can then go and train that weak point. You can program your zones into your Garmin watch or your Apple watch, whatever you want, and then you can literally like improve. It's just a matter of time, patience, and you know, and hard work. But
0: and I think I think, I think we have touched on that before. Like my yeah. zones my Garmin previously to when I done my VO two max test, like my Garmin yeah. was way off what my actual heart. Yeah, was
1: exactly. It's worth doing it just for that. Definitely, yeah, definitely more accuracy. Aaron, hundred percent. Yes. So how do you treat your training systems for the for the uh, longer distance stuff?
2: yeah well i mean we can use we can use a race that I recently did for um for an example I recently completed a half mara um with around eight hundred eight hundred and fifty meters of elevation gain savage um, and it was very savage, <laughs> especially the downhills <laughs> um and yeah i mean for that uh like like George was saying earlier, you know, there's only a certain amount of time and hours that we have in a day as, as new parents and as full-time, full-time workers. Um, so I basically broke it down into into I have three key sessions a week. And each key session, there was a minimum that needed to be done. And if I could extend that, that would be great. And if I couldn't, then I couldn't. But the minimum was always I had to get something done. And that was a Monday. Was essentially speed work. So basically working on leg tone up, turnover, really short distance stuff, um, two hundred meters, four hundred meters, basically. Um, and that usually takes maybe 20, 25 minutes. If I could hmm. push that out longer and get maybe twenty minutes either side of that run, then that would be that would be great. That would be adding volume. But if I couldn't, just that session was super key. Um, I would rest on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I would do longer, longer sort of stuff. So it would be more two to three k um, intervals at more uh, tempo. So like half marathon speed. So getting used to that time on feet, but pushing the pushing the tempo. So it's you're not killing yourself, but it's pretty uncomfortable. Uh, and then on on Fridays, I would do a long run. And I started really easy. I started an hour and a half, and then I build up to an hour and 45 minutes, and then I build up to two hours. And then my last two weeks leading up to the event, um, I basically tried to hit the exact numbers of what the event would be. So I was doing half marathon with around eight, 900 meters of elevation gain. And I was doing it wow. all in blue, blue zone. Um, so I was not racing, racing the distance myself. I was merely getting my legs used to the punishment, used to the volume um and that's pretty much how, how i broke it down um and if of course uh we're all busy that's, if I that's didn't really specific
3: assistance. for a road race though isn't it i mean that's really good you've obviously yeah. like, you've know, thought about that before you haven't just like made that up and sort of you know made it up week to week which i feel no. a lot of people still do you've had to like mm-hmm. be patient with your training can i ask obviously you know you're getting a certain amount of sleep with the newborn and you still got a full time job, and you've got, you know, pressures from your missus to, you know, be there at certain hours. On days when you were like, I'm shattered, did you still go out and train, or did you listen to your body and back off? How did you manage that?
2: I, uh, so since since I've had it, since I've had a baby, I've I've been trying to trying to play with all the different all the different ways of doing it, and there is days where I've I've. Uh, tried to go Monday to Friday and I've tried to have the whole weekend off and yep. there's um, and I've said to the missus I'm going to train Monday Wednesday Friday those are the nights that I'm going to be out training and then I've tried to squeeze in Tuesday morning sessions Thursday morning sessions and it's broken me down <laughs> yeah really broken me down um, is it, is that,
0: yeah. just a quick question do you think that's due to recovery or Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Sleep,
2: yeah. lack of sleep. Yeah, it's lack lack of sleep. And I mean, I'm coming in maybe at seven, seven, seven thirty on a on a Monday night, having just maybe done, we'll say, an hour and ten minutes of interval sessions, and then trying to get up at five a.m. to do a, a zone two run mm. on six hours sleep. It's yeah. it's it just doesn't work. Like yeah. it, I did it for a week or two, and then I was just like a zombie. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but back back to your original question, George, I I basically, I try to listen to my body. Um, I've been, I've always been one for banging my head against the wall. Like I can, I can hurt for quite a long time and I can suffer quite heavily for quite a long time. Um, But recently it's, you, you know, as you know, being, being a father, being a new father, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth mm. being tired and, and feeling like you're just not up to different tasks that that essentially take pr- priority over feeling like a zombie all the time. So
3: yeah, absolutely.
2: The the listening to your body is, is key, and um, and, you know, it's it's hard. Like uh, I've been some weeks, um, I've I've tried to maybe like if I've had less work on. And I've been able to get more sleep. I've tried to like maximize my amount of training, but then there might come up two two weeks in a row where I know right, okay, this week I'm I'm working six days and I'm just going to be upwards of sixty hours of work this week.
3: It's, like, it's very hard, um, isn't it? When strength and endurance aren't sort of linear, like you know, as far as their results, like nothing grows like on a nice, you know, forty-five degree line. Mm. Especially when your sleep is anything. Yeah, your sleep looks like your interval training. You know, it's like up down. You get you get one day of seven hours, and you think, "Oh, that's brilliant. That sorted me out." But then you realize you just need more, and then you go back to like getting a shit night of five hours. Or you know, I've been through that period, and it's yeah, it's horrible. You're just walking around like yawning in people's faces. So you know, you pull that out the bag. You know, Mm -hmm. that time was it? What was your time for the uh, for the race?
2: Uh, I think it was two hours, eleven minutes. With
3: like eight hundred fifty, yeah, eight hundred fifty
0: meters of pure vert. Mm-hmm. When there's That's some like just... crazy degree hills as well, weren't they like twenty yeah, well, percent? Yeah, well,
2: well, well, where the where the race was is basically put on on a on a ski slope. So <laughs> the
1: <laughs>
3: the, like, the I need. I, I think I feel like I need to tell people that as soon as you start running at anything above. <laughs> two percent, like you you can sort of take ten percent off your best mile time and then for every percent on that you're taking like five percent off. So if you're running a five percent incline, you straight away go to like and if your best time for a for a mile is like five minutes, you're now looking at eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you guys agree with that? Like, yeah, yeah, that's about, you know, it, that's you know, especially that. especially if you're like you know in the early <laughs> stages of a half marathon, you're not going to go. Oh, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and do a six minute mile here, seven minute mile. You're going <laughs> to be like, okay. So you must have been had a few miles there in that race. That must have been what twelve minutes, fifteen minutes.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, my average my average time for the race was was I think eleven eleven minute kilometer kilometers eleven minute wow. pace. Yeah. Um, and there was yeah. essentially five hills. Um, oh, sorry. So I did two laps of, of the same of the same loop, and each loop there was five hills. So essentially, each hill was around eight hundred and fifty meters of just the straight up. 850 meters of
1: vert each time. Um, Sometimes the only
2: the only thing that I wish that I'd maybe trained on and that's uh, a thing to point out: if you're going to do really really heavy hilly races, is you need to train the downhills. Um a, lo- a lot of people a lot of people knees. train uphills and um I tell you what, it's the downhills that get you. I was I was so sore for probably about two or three days afterwards and I put it all down to the downhills. Um, yeah, not I, I do just a specific,
1: for
3: the, I do um they're called polyquin squats. So you do them with your heels elevated and you know at mm-hmm. quite a sharp angle. Uh, so your toe your heel your toe to heel ratio is like 35 percent. And then you basically just like, hold your shoulders over your hips and you just hover down in the bottom of the squat and you come up real slow and it just absolutely annihilates your VMOs, which are the muscles in the your quads. Mm. And that strengthens all, all the tissue around your knees. And I swear down, like, I started doing that when I started fell running and all the, all the obstacle course racing. And it's like saved lives because I've been where you have. I've, I've done a race when I haven't had that prep and I felt like yeah I just felt like I couldn't walk for about a week after I was just shuffling around mm. so I reckon a few specific knee strengthening quad strengthening exercises now you, you know you'll just be bulletproof
2: that's uh, definitely definitely something that I'm going to look into for sure but just for the technical aspect as well there was a, I mean there was a guy in front of me and um I think I think on every downhill he probably put probably put about forty seconds into me. He just he was just lightning. It was just like watching him, like Julian yeah. Yone. He was just floating downhill, and I was like, "How on earth?" Yeah, they're earth animals,
3: aren't they? They're absolute animals. Is this animals. guy
2: doing this? It's just unreal. Yeah, it I was. I insane. like to I like to think I go
3: fairly quick down a hill, and then I did a race with Jake in Morzine. Yeah, and yeah. it was embarrassing. The speed I was yeah. shuffling down the hill it was embarrassing. I had people like full-on sprinting down 20-degree mountains, with fearless, like bounding strides, mm. like triple jump strides. And I was just like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then he was out of sight. And, you know, I, I didn't see a body on the way down. So I see him, he's, he's fine, and he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, it's actually unbelievable. Like, they're,
0: they're running so fast. You think if they fall over, they'll just yeah, be, like, rolling down a mountain, mm. honestly. Yeah,
3: yeah i that say one. a person who shouldn't ever do that is Glenn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> yeah Mr Glass is on that one <laughs> yeah
0: But I like um, just... Aaron you saying that you basically was doing about three sessions per week mm. really just yeah.
1: Like, yeah yeah which is yeah. Really
0: solid, you know just shows that you know sometimes because you've built up such a big work capacity in the past and a lot of things that uh, your volume wasn't necessarily that hard. But um, you know, just three sessions you still managed to smash it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, you know, that's you, that's sometimes
2: the things that you have to weigh up and uh, cu- tying that back into with with your both your both performances this weekend is I went into that race just for a laugh because it's not far from where um where the in-laws live and we're making a weekend of it and it was like oh this looks like a pretty cool event i'll just sign up and see what happens and i went there and of course i trained specifically for the event um but i had no i had no like oh i want to come first i want to come second i i I just wanted to make sure i I felt good during the event and i didn't you know bomb out halfway so that's why i'd take like tailored my training so specifically but to, uh, to tie in with you, George, like you, you went into the race and you were like, oh, well, we'll just see what happens." You know, we'll just give it a whirl and we'll just have a good time. You know, as opposed to maybe Jake, you were putting maybe far too much pressure on yourself mm-hmm. as you put in so much work during the winter, and maybe, maybe that was the undoing. And maybe Graham can, yeah. you know, speak more to that. But I've had plenty of races where I've I've gone into them, got ah, we'll see what happens. I'm here for a laugh. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm having a good time with, with the boys,
0: and you know, I've, they've been the best performances of my life. And
3: yeah, definitely. You need to like trick yourself,
0: don't you? Generally, you that's, a, that's how I go into the event, you know. Usually
1: Honestly, I, I was only talking to one of my athletes last week about what would happen if you raced with zero expectation, and we actually extended it. We extended it. What would happen if you lived with zero expectation? So, started <laughs> rehearsing every single day. And the guy went and won one of the Mountain Series events in the U.S. It's awesome. Um, nice. And because, like you say, when you go into these things with no expectations, you, you literally just, you take all that steam out of yourself. You just, mm. you still got the fire, but you're not putting on that fire's got to achieve something. The only thing it's trying to achieve is that you just go and enjoy what you're doing. Um, and I think, I think that's, that's a lesson for everyone that, just taking the expectation out from yourself and and just asking yourself, right, just go and commit to just enjoying it and stretching yourself and see what happens. It seems to always lead to far better outcomes in so many things in life rather than this expectation driven uh, approach that people think they need to do. So So, yeah. Makes sense. Well, Well, boys, it's been a pleasure as always to spend time with you this evening. Thank you very much for the insights until the next time that's nice